afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. A friend called the other day, a medical professional, a graduate of Harvard, a very astute person, very influential in her sphere of influence. And we were just talking about uh, news coverage and how news coverage has gotten increasingly really coverage of soap opera. It, it's not so much about uh, the legislation that is before us. It's about how people are fighting over the legislation that is before us. So uh, we've got this, you know, this uh, infrastructure bill and uh, build back better and all this. And she was telling me, you know, I'm interested in knowing what's actually in these bills. But none of the news stories <laughs> take the time to actually go over the substance of what's in them. And I think that's it's interesting observation because she's right. And if you'll notice, so much of what passes as news is, is really a coverage of the argument going on between people. Uh, Pelosi says this, and then Mitch McConnell says that, and it goes back and forth. And I think for Christians, this is, a, this is instructive. This is instructive because, in all honesty, the things that make good headlines are usually on the surface of the stream of life, and they distract us from the slower, uh, imponderable movements that work below the surface. You know, uh, it, it, news is about what's happening right now. It's not about eternity. Um, and, of course, we, as a people, tend to like the distractions. We like the speed and quick access to whatever we want to learn about. And generally, we don't learn about things more deeply. We tend to wander more widely and find new and shiny things to pick up and say, ooh, isn't that interesting? In fact, we have very extravagant expectations about what the world holds for us um, and of our ability to shape that world, too, I should say. We have extravagant expectations. And the simplest of our extravagant expectations is has to do with the degree of novelty in the world, the newsy things. Yeah, there was a time when the reader of an unexciting newspaper would remark, not much is going on in the world today, I guess it's just a dull day. Today, you say, wow, what a dull newspaper or newscast or magazine or website. Uh, I like that. I pointed this out a few times. When the first American newspaper uh, came out, it was was Benjamin Harris's Public Occurrences, Both Foreign and Domestic, it appeared in Boston on September 25th, 1690. And it promised to furnish news regularly, once a month. But the editor explained that it might appear oftener if, quote, any glut of occurrences happen, end of quote. Uh, The responsibility for making news was, you know, entirely God's or the devil's. It wasn't the task of the newsman. Uh, his that job was to report on what was happening. It was Providence that was supposed to bring about the events. In fact, legendary journalist Charles Dana, who died in 1897, was accused of overdoing his crime reporting in New York City. Uh, and I loved his response. He said, I've always felt that whatever uh, divine providence permitted to occur, I was not too proud to report. <laughs> and this has just changed dramatically. We expect news 
which has be- it's a consumer product now, right? Uh, if there's no news visible to the average citizen, then it's up to the website, it's up to the newscast, it's up to the magazine to make news, to find news. And the successful reporter is one that finds news in conflict where there really isn't much. Uh, and if he can't find a story, then he must make one uh, by the questions that he asks of public figures. Uh, provocative questions that get them to say things that are a little, you know, out of keeping with our norms so they can report on how careless this public figure was. Um, When the media decides it doesn't have news to report, then it tends to look at how well it's reporting the news or how difficult it is to report the news. They look at themselves. And the public demands coverage, demands news. The 24-hour news clock is important. Uh, A friend of mine told me the story of a Boston TV anchor who started his broadcast one night with something like this. Uh, There was nothing that really qualified as news today. Nothing much happened except a lot of talk about what might happen and some memories of what has happened and some concern about what didn't happen. But really nothing of consequence happened. Nevertheless, I'm expected to pretend that something did happen, something big happened, because we've got all these cameras and advertisers, and you're expecting something to have happened. And our sponsors want to know that, what we're, that, that we're doing our best to hold your attention so they can sell you pantyhose and oil of Olay and trips to the Bahamas and the upcoming Stones concert. It was the last news show that he anchored uh, in Boston. If you take a look at how the cable news stations... Uh, tell us about a news alert. We get news alerts constantly. I use a classic example that Nick Tom gave me back in 11 years ago, back in August of 2010. But I just love it because it's, it's so illustrative. ABC, the ABC website had a breaking news alert that ran across its page. You know, news alert, news alert, President Obama on vacation, and then a quote. I'm having a good time. End of quote. (laughs) That was the news alert that the president is on vacation, and he said, I'm having a good time. (laughs) In the words of the first editor of the San Francisco Examiner, news is anything that makes a reader say, gee whiz. And in this case, (laughs) you can't even say, gee whiz. The ABC really had to scrape the bottom of the barrel to beat market expectations and demand. We forget why news media exists. I think we are under the impression that they are actually there to report news. They are not. They are there to sell advertising. Never forget it. They are commercial institutions. Uh, William Peter Hamilton of the Wall Street Journal, I think, said it so well. He said, a newspaper is a private enterprise owing nothing whatever to the public which grants it no franchise. It is emphatically the property of the owner, which is selling a manufactured product at his own risk. I mean, that you take that to heart. The news media is there to keep you interested so that they can sell advertising. Uh, One time when I was was actually going to work on a talk for a conference along these lines and just a few days before the conference, I ran into a, a former assignment editor from one of the big three network affiliates in Detroit, and I told him about the conference. And he said, good. I wish people knew what happened in these editorial meetings. 
the question of what is important is always subordinated to what degree of attention it's getting. And he said he used to live constantly with his attention searching all around to find something that will rivet the audience's attention. Uh, you know, this is the old, uh, if it leads, it leads kind of slogan. Uh, you know, the, I can remember one, um, uh, was Hilton Kramer. He was working at the New York Times and got really, uh, his, the editor there uh, was always saying, uh, what's new? What's happening? Um, and Hilton uh, got fed up one day and said, um, listen, nothing's happening. There's no big news out there. Uh, it's just nothing going on. <laughs> the guy says back to him, is that a trend? In other words, give me something. Uh, people want sizzle uh, rather than substance. They have extravagant expectations about the degree of novelty in the world, and they, ex- world and they expect the networks, the websites, the blogs, uh, the talk shows to give it to them. Um, and I think we must always keep that in mind. It's about riveting the attention of the audience long enough to sell advertising. Uh, the mainstream media is a commercial enterprise. It's not a catechetical enterprise. It's a commercial enterprise. It's not a therapeutic enterprise. It's a commercial enterprise. It's not a patriotic enterprise. Uh, and I, there's nothing wrong. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong here. I'm not anti-capitalist here. Or I think it's fine. Nothing wrong with commerciality in and of itself. For 10 years, I worked in commercial radio. And... Um, you know, we don't accuse a chess player for not being a bowler. You know, the games are different. Commercial radio aims for a different audience, different programming, a different presence in the community than what we do here at EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. What we do is catechetical uh, radio. That's, that's what we do. That's our purpose for existence. And, in fact, um, if nobody's listening, well, that's not good. But <laughs> it just means we're not doing our job very well. But it doesn't mean we would change what we're doing, right? Uh, we're here to make more and better Catholics. Let's make it blunt. So in my conversation, though, with the assignment editor that morning, he said he, he personally didn't realize how much he was being shaped by his job. And one night he said he came home jubilant, jubilant, because they had just nailed a great shooting story, a murder story, lots of great film and his wife looked at him like he was a nephew of Hannibal Lecter. He was ecstatic because he had accomplished the goal of arresting the attention of his audience. His adrenaline was flowing. There was intrigue and mystery and violence and conflict and all that made for compelling viewing. But what was it? It was a slaughter of a person. Uh, it's not because he was uh, hard or cruel. I want to stress that. It's that his job was to arrest people's attention. And this murder arrested people's attention. So I do think that the truth is that if, it, if we could have a 9-11 every week or uh, a Kennedy assassination or a Katrina disaster every week, uh, really the news agencies would love it in their narrow, in their narrow range of interest. As human beings, of course, they would be hurt like the rest of us. But these kind of disasters – get the adrenaline flowing. And again, it isn't because they're hard-hearted. It's because our experience of the world is mediated to us through technology 
And that turns human tragedy into a form of entertainment. We don't look for information. We look for stimulation. So I'll quote here a contemporary poet, uh, Steve Turner. Give us good pictures of the human torch which show the skin burnt like chicken, bursting like grapes, and it will teach us to avoid flames. Give us good film of the lady on the ledge as she leaps open-mouthed and hits the street like a suicide. It will teach us to use stairways. Give us sharp color coverage of the African troubles. Show us interesting wounds, craters in fat and flesh. It will teach us not to point guns. You know, in a week in which Christians and other religious minorities are having all kinds of problems around the world, the big news here is that Adele recalls being devastated and embarrassed by her divorce. And uh, Miley Cyrus uh, rocks thigh-high fishnet stockings. Wow.